to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of Dinner Party, Chef Amy Sense. And here on the line today, live from his restaurant, we have Chef Ryan Hacker with Brennan's Restaurant. Thanks for joining me today, Chef. I, I love that we decided to record a show live while you're at work. So I'm hoping that in the middle of the show, someone shows up with a pot and says, Chef, I need you to taste this. <laughs> So what are some of the, is that the kind of thing that happens during the day? You're in the middle of a meeting and, and everyone's uh, running up and, and cooking and deliveries are coming in. What's it like at this time of day at the restaurant? It, it's kind of chaos all the time. Uh, luckily, this is a Wednesday, so it's a little bit slower. Um, and, you know, we, we do a lot of private events on Wednesdays. Um, and so it's a little bit more manageable, but, but on most days it's, it's like, I'm just juggling between, uh, all three kitchens that I, we have and all the different types of services that we do. I don't think that people realize, um, all the time, what a day in the life of a chef is. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but people ask me all the time, you know, what did you cook at home tonight? What did you eat for dinner? And I say, I live on pretty much chicken noodle soup and ham and cheese sandwiches. Uh, for you as a chef, you know, what's a typical day like? Uh, well, I get to the restaurant normally around eight. We do have people here in the building uh, starting at 6 a.m. Uh, I normally show up around eight or nine. Um, by that point, we're either starting service or about to start service for breakfast. And then the day just kind of unfolds. I, I generally meet with the chef that I have in the building already. Um, and we, we kind of just go from there. You know, it, it's every day is different here. And so whether we have a very busy a la carte service for breakfast or dinner, um, the types of private events that we do um, all throughout the day. Um, and then, like you said, random things like deliveries and, you know, operational things that aren't really exciting to talk about, but take up time. Um, it's just triaging all of that all day long. So is it the chaos of the kitchen that brought you to being a chef or is it the love of food or is it a combination? Uh, I always like to eat, you know, I mean, that, that, that was, that, that's, I think that's probably where it started. Uh, I was working in a restaurant as a server and I became a bartender and it kind of all started from there. It's like, I kept getting stuck on the service well, and, and I liked the, uh, I liked the pace of it. And from there I went and was like, well, maybe I'll try the kitchen. And so I did that and I, I worked in a few kitchens and I liked the pace. Um, and it got suggested to me that I should go to culinary school. And so I started looking at that and I, I ended up in culinary school. I went to the New England Culinary Institute and it kind of all just spiraled from there. You know, I went to, um, from there to Boston and I, I worked at, um, a nice place there just kind of one thing after another it's kind of uh so chef you know after you went to culinary school and you went to boston you know what's it like for this texas boy to be going to boston <laughs> i i was looking for for, for something different than, than where i'd grown up and it's like i think that's why it i went to vermont and um 
everyone in Vermont encouraged me to go work at this, this restaurant, Hammersley's Bistro in Boston. And it was, it, it was a really great time. Um, Boston's a great city. Um, I, I've always been a Red Sox fan. And so, I mean, it's like when I was a kid, I, I was real into like baseball history and stuff. And so the Red Sox are a part of that. And so that was an interesting part of it for me. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it was a really, really great experience that was kind of unexpected, but, um, yeah, it, it's like, I still think back about it is, you know, I think I appreciate it more the further I get away from it than, than I did while I was actually there. I think that's typical in most things as you get older. And I think, you know, I agree with you so much of that uh, as we get older, we start to appreciate those experiences that maybe in the moment we didn't realize how they were going to shape our lives. And then now uh, we go, wow, I'm, I'm who I am because of that. Are there any experiences, you know, in your, your early years with your family or anything that really pulled you to kind of find food in your soul? Um, you know, I, I, I grew up in a, in kind of a rural area. Um, th there weren't a lot of, of restaurants, certainly nothing like Brennan's. Um, and so there, there's a lot of, of home cooked meals. We had a lot of like Sunday dinners at my grandparents' house. Um, and I think, I think those things are, it, it's still what I find the most comforting about food it is the, uh, you know, the, um, the emotional connection you can have to it. And I, I think that we try to replicate those flavors in what we do here. So, you know, Brennan's is a restaurant that has, you know, they've been around a long time, right? And yes, I, I feel like, you know, in New Orleans, we embrace our classics, but we're also excited about other flavors. You know, how are you balancing uh, you know, old school New Orleans with new school. Um, we, we take the approach of, of having one foot in the past and one foot in the present kind of thing. Um, that's not really atypical of a restaurant that is kind of been reopened, you know, um, and given a rebirth like Brennan's has over, over the last eight years. Um, and I think that the, the way that we approach it is we want everything to feel of this time and place, you know? And, and so it's, you can't, it, you have to do things that fit within the space you're in. And the space we are in is in a very classic restaurant in, in a very old city you know, in the oldest neighborhood in the city. And so if we were to do something that is ultra modern, it just wouldn't fit, you know, or if we started doing an Asian fusion, you know, in, in Brennan's, it, you know, it might be really good, but it still wouldn't fit. And so we try to, even whenever we take a more modern approach to the food, we, we still try to have the flavor of the dish that if you close your eyes and, you know, anybody who has come to this restaurant over the last 76 years or 
you know, anybody who's grown up in New Orleans and they taste the food, then it tastes like they're at home. You know, it's like they, they taste like it, it tastes like it should. And, and that's kind of that, that's that's the approach that I take. You know, it, it's you know, I, I find myself, you know, I'm not from here. Um, I'm not from too far away, but you know, I'm not from I'm not from here for sure. And it's, you know, I, I find myself finding the people that that work with me um, that are from here. And I, I trust their palates a lot. You know, it's like, so I'll taste something. I'm like, I think I got it. And so sometimes they're like, you're way off. And sometimes it's, you know, you're right on that. That's exactly how that's supposed to taste. And so, and then we kind of build on that from a, a pre presentation or um, if we're going to sub out ingredients to make it something that's a little bit more, you know, appropriate for fine dining or, or what have you, you know, it's, it, it all starts from that, that central flavor, you know, I love, I love how you said, you know, of this place and of this time and making sure the food fits the space. And I think that Brennan's is, is really capturing that and that that's what's exciting and also what's, I would assume, uh, fun and challenging with what you do. It, it, it is, it is, it's a challenge every day, you know, and it's like, I find myself you know, learning a lot about the the history of the city and the history of, of, of the food, because, you know, it's, you know, I, I felt like whenever I became the chef here, I had a lot of homework to do because it's like there, there's a 76 year history in this building, you know, or in this building and then on, on Bourbon Street prior to this building. But there is a long history that I am responsible for, you know, and, and, and taking it through the next chapter. And, you know, it, it's really easy to get misguided if you don't know where you're coming from or what you're representing. And so learning about that has been, been a journey for sure. How does it feel when, you know, one of your chefs in the kitchen or does this even happen whenever you make something, do they go, oh, that's like mama's or, oh, that's, you know, on, on point. Uh, or when you make something and you go, this is, this is it. How does it make you feel as a chef whenever you just get, get that dish right? Um, you know, the, the, it's gratifying, you know, for, for sure. I mean, it's gratifying. I think that, you know, in the, the pace of everything that we do, that I, I probably don't stop as much as I should to appreciate that. Um, it's more, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of checking, okay, I got that right. Let's move on to the next part of it and let's make sure the whole thing is right. I think that, you know, I get a lot of gratification from seeing clean plates come back from the dining room. You know, I think, I think that is something that, that I really pay attention to. Um, and I, you know, when people who have come here for a long time come in and they have a really great time and it's not the same experience that they had before, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's one that is on par then, you know, or what they expected or exceeds that expectation. I think that's a, th those are gratifying moments, you know? I, I think your point, well, one, everyone loves to see happy plates going back to the kitchen, right? Cause you yeah. know that you got it right. But, uh, yeah. you know, your comment about, it's not the same experience and it's on par, I think is a really 
important one because you know as diners we certainly have our expectations of restaurants right and we're comparing things based on our last experience there but i am you know i imagine it's important to create a whole new experience not necessarily constantly recreating you know the dinner that you had on 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 such birthday you want the next birthday dinner to be better or the next family special occasion to be better so what are y'all you know doing at brennan's to like how does that happen how do you keep you know pleasing guests over and over again but also creating this little bit dance for them you know, I, I think that it goes back to, you know, what I was saying before about about taking the the flavor of a dish as the inspiration rather than taking the actual dish. You, you know, it's it, we can take something that is classic, and you know, if, if you're trying to live up to a taste memory in somebody's mind, you're you're inevitably going to fail. You know, I mean, it it is if somebody had a great experience and they had it 10 years ago, they had it 20 years ago, they had it eight years ago, whenever, you know, it was, it was us running the restaurant. And then you cut, they come in and you, you serve them the exact same thing. Then it, it is very hard to live up to that expectation because it's been inflated in their mind, you know? And so there's, how do we do it to where, you know, we might put, you know, the, the black and red fish is an example of that, of, you know, it, it's been on the menu in, in several different formats, you know, the, this different interpretation that we have, uh, the flavor is still there, you know, and, and maybe we tweak, you know, right now we're serving it with, with, with parsnip and crab and, you know, a chicory salad. And, but if we can tweak that and it's like it's summer and zucchini is really nice and we can serve it with zucchini or, you know, it's, or we do, we've done cucumber with potato and, you know, kind of a yogurty kind of sauce uh, to kind of cool cool down the dish before. And it's, you know, it's it's something that it's familiar enough, but it's also a little bit different and it keeps it, you know, it keeps it interesting, you know, to where people want to come back and they want to, you know, there, there's the standby part of like, we know that the fish is going to be the fish, but the rest of it is, you know, it could be different. And that's exciting for diners because you're you're appealing to their nostalgic comfort, right? Of what I know it should be, but you're also giving them some excitement on their palate or something unexpected or different than the last time they were there. You know, how are you as a chef, you know, some of the data that I saw about the restaurant and about your background really trying to pull in approachable food, but fresh food and seasonal ingredients. How are you approaching those changes? What, you know, are you looking at what's in season today or are you planning ahead, you know, four months in the future and anticipating? How are you making those changes and choosing those ingredients? You know, it's, it's both, you know, honestly, it's, this is a, Brennan's is, is such a large operation that, 
you know, it is impossible to write a menu for the day. You know, we, we just, it's not that kind of a place. I've worked in that place. Uh, I, I really love places like that. This is just not that place. Um, and so menu, like ideas for the menu come from a lot of different, sometimes they start as like a conceptual thing, you know? And so we think about, you know, chicken pantabla is something that started in this building and we want to do a take on that. And so then it's, how are we going to do that? How are we going to come about that? And then from there, we go into the seasonality of, you know, what's going to be in season whenever we put that on the menu and, and we make a plan. And then, you know, we see what's actually in season based off of rain levels and what farmers have. And then it's, you know, sometimes it's like we planned on serving with potato, which is really classic, you know, but sunchokes are in. And so we're going to do sunchoke. And then, um, and so it starts like that. Other times it's like, we start with ingredients, you know? And so we have, we know that we're going to have crawfish at a certain time of year. And so we start planning on that, you know, crawfish shows up two months earlier we adapt our plan and maybe the rest of the dish isn't in season yet. So we have to, we have to do something else. And so we, we tweak to, to make it, you know, still interesting, still what we want to do, uh, but appropriate for, for what's going on in the markets. Now I can imagine that asking, asking you, Oh, pick one of your favorite dishes you've ever made. Like that's, yeah, you know, we all it depends on the day of the week and the month of the year yeah. and if the planets are aligned. But when when you think back, are there some dishes that maybe you've gone, gosh, I'm really proud of this one. This one knocked it out of the park. Uh yeah, there, there there's a few. Um there, there it's it's not in the mini currently, but uh, there, there's a shrimp canal dish that, that we did and it was a take on barbecue shrimp, but it was incredibly light and very um, texture. Like there's a lot of different textures going on. It was delicate. It was that there is a good amount of finesse in the dish. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a culinary nerd. I'm a, a geek out about technique. And there is a lot of technique on the plate um, that wasn't readily apparent to the diner. But it's like if somebody who, who knows food and knows cooking ate it, they're like, they got it. Uh, that one was, um, was one of the ones where it's like, I, I hit that one on the, on, on the nose. I, I thought, um, and then whenever you get good feedback from it, then it's like, it just kind of reinforces that, uh, the black and red fish that we're serving right now. Um, that's one that it's, it's also kind of the same. It's like, it's, uh, it started out very conceptually and it's kind of evolved over time. And I think right now it's probably the best version of it that, that we've done. Um, with the, the parsnip and the crab. And I think everything just kind of balances itself and, you know, it, it's, it's visually stunning and, you know, it's, it's interesting because we pour the sauce at the table and it's like, there's an element of theater to it, uh, which is something we always try to incorporate. And so it's, uh, and there's also like the, the technique things in there that we can nerd out about, but it's, yeah. I love that. Now I want you to, Kind of think back. Are there any dishes you've eaten in your career, or places you've dined, or dining experiences that 
you kind of hold as, oh, this was my incredible dining experience or the dish. And you're like the, this was a memorable experience. Um, let's think. I mean, it's, it's hard to pick one thing. Um, <laughs> flour and water in San Francisco, um, it was, was definitely one, the pasta tasting there. It's just every course, like one after the other, it's like all of the pasta, you know, before I did Brennan's, I ran an Italian restaurant and, um, the pasta, it was just, it, it, all of it is incredible. And the way that they're able to balance it and keep it interesting, we're eating six courses of pasta one after another, but none of them are the same and it's all an interesting experience that that that's that's one that i i think about frequently um the chicken at hammersley's you know um it was something that the place was known for uh, we made a lot of roasted chickens um but it's i still make it at home you know it, it's there's just something about the rub that went on the chicken and you know the thought that went into something that's so simple as a roasted chicken um and also it, it it came so satisfying um and you know we could get into again technique of like the skin had a rub on it of mustard and parsley and you know all of these things it was still crispy and it's like how do you pick it up to where the, the thigh is braised um it was roasted on the bird and then also braised at the end and it's there's a lot of nuance in it that is really appealing to me. It's something that's very rustic. And, you know, I, th I think your, your point about just, you know, people are like, oh, it's just a roasted chicken, right? Yeah. But it's, it's not just a roasted chicken. The technique, the love, the ingredients, the, the time, the energy in a dish that we consider a, a classic, dish a sunday dinner dish is it's pretty incredible to think about you know this is a dish that has been made in homes and restaurants and we're following all the same techniques right so whenever you think about that are there things that you know other dishes that you you kind of sit back and go okay these these techniques or these ingredients are universal and you know i need to pay tribute to them because it seems like you're really into technique <laughs> i love that um i i definitely pull from from things like that you know and, and so it's it's like the technique we use to pick up the chicken is is something that I, I think about, you know, and, and, and it's just teaching cooks like fundamental technique of, of, of like how to get a bird's skin crispy and keep it crispy until it hits the, the guest table. You know, that, that's, that, that's something that is always kind of in the back of my mind of, of, you know, how do we, how do we get the technique consistent? You know, how do we, how do we teach it to, so, you know, when you're talking about this, 
crispy skin and getting the crispy skin to the table, what's the the trick to making that happen and making sure that it's a, a crispy skin on the plate? And maybe any tidbit for the home cook that says my skin's soggy whenever it gets to the dinner table. How do you fix that? Um, and so you roast the chicken, uh, you let the bird rest, you know, which inevitably the skin's going to sog out a little bit from steam and what have you uh, while it's resting. And then the, the, the trick is to place it in a little bit of the jus and then place it under the broiler and let it reheat, let the skin crisp back up and then serve that immediately. That can't wait. That has to. And so that's, that, that's the trick. Love that. I love that. So you all heard it here. You got to roast it under the broiler a little bit and uh, let that, that skin reheat and crisp before you send it to the table. And then your Sunday dinner chicken will be uh, in line with the style and technique that uh, Chef Ryan at Brennan's uses. Now, I want to change course a little bit on you, Chef Ryan, and mm -hmm. ask you when you are traveling or the handful of days that you might get to be off from the restaurant, you know, if you could go anywhere in the world to go and eat and learn about food, where are you going to go? I could go anywhere and learn about food. Um, that is a really tough question. You know, I, I think, um, I, I think there's a lot of places, but I think that what, whatever I would be doing, I think that it's, you know, whenever you're a young cook, you do stages and you, you, you go around and you, 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 you work in people's kitchens for a short amount of time. Generally, you don't make any money doing it. Um, but that's kind of what I think about. I, that's kind of the dream for me. It's like just to go around and find people that I find interesting and spend a day or two in their kitchen and just see. It, it's not so much about the flavors or sometimes it is. Sometimes it's the flavors. Um what interests me now and like what the thing that I desire to learn is more the systems. And it's like, whenever you see people who are truly great at what they do, um, I guess like the inside baseball of it all, like of how did you get to do that? You know, it's like everybody sees the outside persona, you know, they see the product of what you're doing, but there's a whole system that was put into place that gets you to that point. And I think that's, those are the things that I desire to go see. You know, and, and I think that you could pick almost any city in the world and I, I, I could find people that, you know, interest me that I'd want to go see that and, and learn, like, just kind of how do you do, you do that? Um, so, yeah, I love that, that's it. Yeah, I love that. You know, I, we're learning so much of, from you about the thought process that is going into the food to the plate, you know, how do you do that? What's the technique? And it's, it's exciting to hear from the, that is more than just here's food that tastes good. There's so much art and science in it. And from that standpoint, would you consider yourself an artist or a scientist or none of the above? I mean, I, I think that cooking it's in its core is a craft. You know, 
and you know I, I'm you know pick any craft a mason a, a carpenter anything and it's like you know and it's a craft because you know artists are able to make an artwork and then that's it it's like you know Picasso painted something and then that was it it's done you know we don't have to go look at that again uh, cooking is is I, I liken it more to a craft because you have to repeat it over and over and over and over again. It's like the and there's refinement that goes into that. You know, it's like somebody who makes chairs for a living. It's like they're going to make the same chair over. It's you can't just have one of the same chair. It's like you have to have, you know, six of them at the table or twelve of them at the table, and then you know you have to make another table that's the exact same. And you know, cooking is that. You know, and so there is art to it, but it is definitely a craft. Um, and it's something that, that is constantly, you're, you're honing your, your, your skill through repetition of the same process. Now, if you had one skill that you just want to really work. <laughs> Probably public speaking. <laughs> And you yeah. all, this is how Chef is practicing that. That's right. <laughs> he is, you are listening to him honing his new craft of public speaking. Yeah, that's probably the one. I'm going to ask. Culinarily speaking, probably, you know, I always feel like knife skills can be better. You know, it's like, you know, I, 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 that's, it's, it's an easy thing. It's like, you can. It, it's something that is very simple, but also, you know, in, incredibly complicated the more you get into it. So awesome. I want you to edit. We're almost out of time. So I was going to see if you could maybe tell our listeners what they should order on their next visit to Brennan's and where y'all are located and when you're open. Yeah. So we're located at 417 Royal in the French Quarter. Uh, we're open for breakfast and dinner on Thursdays through Sundays right now, or Thursday through Monday, I'm sorry, Thursday through Monday, breakfast and dinner. Um, and I think right now my, my, my favorite thing on the menu um, is the lobster creole that we're doing for dinner. Uh, we're taking lobsters, there's spiny lobsters from Florida. Uh, we, we poach them in butter. We serve it with a very classic creole sauce. Um, rice. It's something that is very simple in appearance. Uh, we take the head, we stuff it with a Merlotin dressing uh, and serve that on the side. It's, it's comforting as the weather starts to change. It's, you know, there, there's still the, the refinement and it's just, it's, it's the one that, that, that I'm excited about right now. It sounds delicious. Well, thank you so much for joining me. For our listeners out there, you've been listening to Chef Brian Hacker with Brennan's. And this is Chef Amy Sims with Dinner Party on WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. Until next time, 